Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. Gators Breakdown, episode 139, is ready to go. Spring game recap, Arjun Blue debut is over with, Dan Mullins, first spring game with the Gators, and we're going to break it down right here for you on Gators Breakdown, initial recap right after the game. Uh, so I'm your host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. Joining me for this episode of Gators Breakdown is co-host Will Miles. You can find him on Twitter at WillMilesSCC and our partnership site, ReadAndReaction.com. That's where you can find Will's articles talking about football, mostly Gator football and, and the like. Uh, Will, it was, a, it was an exciting pregame, at least uh, uh, for, the, uh, for the Orange and Blue debut. I had a lot of fun out there. Uh, you know, you, you got the watch up there on on TV uh, in Philly, so you know you didn't get the the, the pregame atmosphere. Uh, but uh, you know, I guess the uh, SEC Network did a good a good job of showing the game for us. Yeah, and you know there there had been so much hype that I was really anticipating seeing what Mullen what what changes Mullen has made and what progress mm-hmm. the team has shown, and and so really throughout the day I was pretty excited to get home and watch the game and and. You know, it, it's it's a spring game, and we need to t- keep that into account. But uh, we'll we'll get more in in depth in terms of what we thought about what went on. But uh, but certainly, I think it was exciting for everybody to be there, and 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 a lot of people at the game, and and so it was a pretty good turnout. Yeah, you know, it was an, an exciting pregame, like I said, uh, for the Orange and Blue debut. I got down to Gainesville by nine o'clock this morning, so uh, met up with uh, Sean Steed first, who uh, had some Gators breakdown cups made for us, so we we got those in hand. Uh, you know, big thanks to him for that. Uh, then my good friend, Robin Lewis, come down from Georgia for the game and uh, got to hang out with those guys and, and sit with them during the game. Uh, but also some shout-outs to, to Buddy and Brendan Martin. Uh, they invited me on the Buddy Martin show, so I got to spend about 10 to 15 minutes uh, on that show right before before the game started right there, right in front of the Gator Walt. We got to check out the, uh, the Gator Walt with the Gator Nation Kingdom uh, tailgate hosted by Bubba. Or I also got to uh, meet listeners of Gators Breakdown, Logan Embry, David Soderquist, and, uh, and Gary Paulus. Uh, I got to speak with Brady Ackerman for a little bit. Uh, so, Will, it was, a, it was a fun time and a good time I had by all of pregame. We were right there, like I said, with the Gator Walk. The players walked in front of us. Uh, the Gator Walk was packed. Uh, we you know, got to interact with a lot of our listeners. Uh, so it was a, definitely a, a good time for, uh, uh, for me and a lot of our listeners out there. 
Well, that's really what this is about, right? I mean, there, there's a connection that football gives us all. And even up here in Philly, I mean, you know, I had people, I had people texting me and sending me messages on Twitter and, and interacting with me on Twitter during the game and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, even when you're far away from Gainesville, um, you still have that sort of closeness with the people who went to Florida and that kinship. And, and that's a big part of what Florida football is about. And so, you know, it's nice to have that be part of the spring game and have that be part of the experience. And we got some more Gators breakdown house out there too, Will. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I, I'm enjoying seeing people rep the logo, man. So I appreciate everybody getting the word out. Absolutely. And uh, remember, you can find Gators Breakdown on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. There you will find all the Gators Breakdown episodes as well as articles from the News 4 Jack sports team. That's newsforjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. Also, you can listen on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube if you want the video version Follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. And when using those services, please rate and review the show. Let Gator Nation know what they'll be getting with Gators Breakdown. So, Will, I kind of teased it on on our Twitter tease. Um, Good friend of mine, JJ Gatorman on Twitter, um, got to uh, talk with CeCe Jefferson tonight. CeCe Jefferson was injured in the first half of the game. Uh, and he, JJ says this comes straight from CeCe Jefferson. CeCe has a torn labrum and will be out for four months. He was seen in a sling tonight uh, in and around Gainesville. So uh, a little bit of a little bit of breaking news coming out from the, the spring game. Of course, you know, I, I was talking before the game with a lot of fans and saying, you know, we were talking about the strength of conditioning and how we haven't really seen a lot of injuries so far this spring. Uh, and of course, <laughs> I guess, blame it on me for bringing it up, I guess. But, uh, you know, the, early in the spring game, CC Jefferson goes down with an injury and it looks like he'll be out for quite some time. How dare you, Dave? Clearly, you're putting the heck on people. But I mean, it's it's a big deal. There's there's no way to spin it other than the fact that I guess you'd be glad that it happens in April rather than happening in fall camp or something like that. Yeah. Um, certainly, we we wish him the best, and we hope that he'll be back in August and be wreaking havoc in the backfield pretty soon after that. But uh, you know, it's not an insignificant injury, and and so we can only hope that he's going to be back healthy in the fall and and be able to resume some of the things that he was going to be doing. But uh, but it's a blow regardless. I mean, anytime you have that kind of injury that that limits your range of motion and limits what you can do in the weight room and all that sort of stuff it's going to have an impact even if uh, even if he's back for the start of the season uh, good uh, yeah and, and i guess you know i don't want to say it's a good thing but one thing that has happened throughout the spring and, and it took place in the spring game as well is antonius clayton continued to to, to show promise uh as being a, a defensive end who can create pressure and we saw more of it again like i said more of it in the spring game so you know the cc's out for quite some time and, and is maybe missing some of the first part of the season because i'm sure you know he, like you said he's gonna be limited for for quite some time now and you know going into fall camp he's may not be conditioned and it may not have that range of motion he's going to have so maybe Antonius Clayton can can live up to that billing that he had all spring hopefully it's not one of those you know spring storylines that doesn't come to fruition in the fall but Antonius Clayton had another good showing in the spring game uh got sacks uh, uh, of Kyle Trask I think back to back I believe he had uh, got to got to, got to Kyle Trask so you know he has to be more of a consistent player but we saw it all spring long it culminated in the spring game and the CC Jefferson is going to be out for quite some time maybe Antonius Clayton can be that guy who steps up and and continues uh, uh, to have a, a an impact at the defensive end position. 
Yeah, well, and on those two sacks of, of Trask at the end of the half, that was against Jawan Taylor. So it was against the first string right tackle that he was beating. And so I do think that's significant that he's beating the starter and it wasn't it wasn't a backup who was in there that he, that he was feasting on. So, I mean, yeah, everyone's going to have to step up. You're going to get injuries. That's one of the reasons why you want high-level recruits coming in every year because those recruits can step in when you have an injury. I mean, football is inherently a violent sport and you're going to have things like torn labrums, torn ACLs, concussions, all sorts of things that that make people miss games and this is just part of it it's part of the sport it stinks that it happened to jefferson and you don't like it to happen to anybody but the reality is it's going to happen and so you need those people to step up and and clayton is one of those guys with the high pedigree coming out of coming out of high school very very high ranked and he's somebody that we're going to need to get something from on that defensive line to be able to put pressure on the opposition Yep. So, you know, we were talking about uh, him getting pressure on, on the quarterbacks. And of course, the quarterbacks will. Uh, we knew that was the big story coming in. And of course, going to be the big story coming out. Uh, I tweeted yesterday, and there, you know, there was some analysis out there and national writers uh, kind of passing the buck that, uh, you know, if Florida doesn't have an answer throughout the spring, uh, after the spring game, uh, that it is a detriment. I never expected an answer to come of who, of who was going to be starting quarterback going into the spring throughout the spring and after the spring game. I fully expected this to go into the fall. Never thought it would be a bad thing if it goes into the fall. I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, for one, I never expected a starter to be named after spring anyways. If one would have happened, it would have really surprised me. And I guess it would have been definitely a good thing, but I don't necessarily take it as a bad thing. Even, you know, going in uh, after today, I would say Kyle Trask probably looked the best out of the quarterbacks. I was impressed more with Emory Jones uh, then, then you know, given the circumstances, given him being a true freshman early enrollee, I was probably more impressed with him than any of them. Uh, but I still think Kyle Trask had an overall better day. And you know, Frank showed some good things. I don't, I don't think any of them were quite terrible uh, today. You know, given the circumstances and and, and what was going on. Uh, but you know, as a kind of roundup, you know, I, I was impressed with Emory Jones how he handled the situation. Started shaky, then came on, used the tight ends, used the middle of the field. Trash looked the best overall, but I still not by a wide margin. He had some really good throws and I had some uh, accurate throws of, across the middle, uh, hitting guys when, when you know, I think when he could plant his feet, set his throw, knowing where he wanted to go with the ball, I really, you know, that's where I like Kyle Trask uh, really showing up. They took advantage of some easy play calls, some screens, and screens kind of seem to be the uh, the go-to route for these quarterbacks and uh, you could you could tell they really wanted to get the playmaker Kadarius Tony involved early. He was tra- you know, Trask's favorite target early. Uh, kind of settled them in uh, the quarterbacks early. Uh, so you know I feel uh, I feel pretty much the same about the quarterback situation coming into the spring, going through the spring, coming into the spring game as I you know before the game and now after the game I feel exactly the same way. So I feel a little bit worse okay. and I feel a little bit worse because we, you know, the, the word of last year was progress. And so we wanted to see that type of, um, that type of thing. And I don't know that we necessarily saw that. I mean, overall the quarterbacks completed 55.8% of their passes. Trask was 12 of 24. Franks was eight of 12, but we do have to factor in that they had the two gimmick deep bombs to the, uh, to the former alums that are being had into those stats. And when you look at it, 
Trask averaged 5.8 yards per attempt and Franks averaged 5.2 yards per attempt when you take those long passes out of it. And that's just not good enough. And there were times where they threw deep into triple coverage where it was the wrong read, um, particularly Franks. I, I mean, I mentioned this on Twitter that the offense just slows down when he's the quarterback. Now, part of that is they run the ball more. I mean, definitively, yeah. they were running the ball more with him at quarterback, but the offense just slows down and it's so boring. And I just don't know that the fans are going to put up with that for that long. I mean, maybe they'll put up with it for the first year, but by year two, man. <laughs> and, and, I, and I really think by halfway through the year, if, if that's the way the offense looks, there's going to be some real consternation with the fan base. Because I'll be honest, I didn't see anything today that looked much different than what we had seen last year. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw quarterbacks who were locking onto some reads. I saw quarterbacks who were not necessarily all that decisive. I saw inaccurate passes. I saw throwing to the wrong guys. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't walk out of this saying, hey, I feel like there's been definitive progress. Now, maybe that's unfair because they've only had a little bit of time in the offense, but you know, you go to every other spring game and it's sort of set up for the quarterback to succeed. And, um, you know, that, that's kind of what I was expecting to see today i was expecting it to be an aerial show where where they were going where they were really going to let it loose and and they just really didn't and whether that's a matter of the quarterbacks being not capable of doing that or whether that's a matter of just sort of playing things close to the best i don't know but i i didn't see anything today that made me think that um that there's a definitive answer i don't know that we expected a definitive answer out of today but i think we expected to see a step towards that and you know halfway through the first quarter i'm getting tweeted by all sorts of people saying yeah. trash 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 but you go and you look at the actual body of work over the course of the game you go well not really now in trash defense he did get pressured way more than franks did yeah and so I do think we need to take that into account that that you know they drafted and i'm sure they drafted to make the teams as even as they could but Trask got pressured way more than Franks did. And so some of those errant passes, especially down the red zone on one drive in particular, I think probably had more to do with him being pressured pretty quickly than it did anything else. And and the little reverse play that they were going to have to Tony. We were going to see it, Will. We were going to see it. Well, the funny part is that it looked like the defensive end was being lazy. And so he was in the right position because he, because he wasn't chasing down the running uh, back. And so he was right there. And, and they had left him unblocked. Now, whether it looks like that was part of the play design, but they had yeah. left him unblocked. And so you got an unblocked defensive end who was who held contained perfectly yeah. for the play. It was almost like he knew it was coming. So, um, yeah, it, it's one practice. I don't want to make too big a deal out of it. But, I mean, this was your showcase. And we talked last week about or maybe earlier this week about that optics matter. And I, I didn't like the optics today. Yeah, that's that's kind of what uh, I kind of left today with the pregame atmosphere was much more exciting than the two hours inside the stadium. <laughs> you know, it, it was quite boring inside the stadium. It, it was a lot like, uh, as you said, there wasn't a lot that was different from what we've seen previous. Uh, and, and there are some contributing factors. There was you know, not a lot of quarterback runs that we know will be a staple of the offense. We know Frank's had the 60 yard run, but uh, he probably would have been tackled 10 yards down the field. He would have, you know, he, he did show some athleticism there. Don't get me wrong. He shows some potential uh, on that run and, and, enough to where I think if if he's the quarterback that you know he he, he can show uh, enough of the ability to run the ball but uh, overall they didn't run the running backs a lot I, I think you could really tell and we were talking about this earlier in the week of, of how they would probably concentrate on the passing game and that's exactly kind of to me what they did we saw some nice runs from Jordan Scarlett who looks like he is definitely 
the running back one and, and can carry the load and, and be the guy. And I think they're going to rely on this run game a whole lot, especially after what I saw today uh, of just them relying on the passing game a lot. It, it wasn't there. It wasn't where uh, it, it needs to be. They still have time to work on it. But we also, Will, you and I were talking about this. There was not a lot of big yardage plays. There was not a lot of chunk yardage. The, the, the big plays come from the gimmicks of, uh, passed to Lawrence Wright and Travis McGriff, uh, but there wasn't a lot of Van Jefferson or Trayvon Grimes or or, or, or uh, Kadarius Tony or any of the receivers making plays down the field. There was not a lot of 20, 25 yards or, or routes or bombs uh, that you would see in, in a lot of spring games. You know, they, they would just uh, it, it didn't see it didn't seem that the the, the quarterbacks were taking the the big steps uh, in, in, you know, kind of converting the, the big plays that this has kind of plagued this offense from missing for so long. Yeah. You know, I'm going to channel my inner bill here for a second and let everybody know, you know, Hey, just as a caveat, I understand that this is one, this is yes. one scrimmage. This is one spring game. I understand that. And, and I don't want to be constantly negative, but there were two things I was looking for. And I said this earlier in the week, I was looking for competition and I was looking for no false starts. And on the first drive, they had a false start. <laughs> Left tackle rocked back on the first drive once they gotten into the red zone and they settled for a field goal because they were put in a tough situation to start with. And then the touchdown passes to the alums. The first one, I was sort of like, oh, okay, that's kind of cute. The second one, I'm like, all right, now we're, we're bordering into Butch Jones territory here where we're doing stuff just that's cute. And to be honest, I don't know that Florida is at a place where they can waste a practice. I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about how they are behind Florida State and Georgia and even Tennessee in terms of recruiting when you look at the overall rankings. And so this is an opportunity to evaluate and to really solidify what you think about people in front of a crowd. And I think that's an important thing, particularly some of the issues that that happened in the scrimmage a couple of weeks ago. And they just did not do that. It didn't feel like I mean, you know, the the celebrations after the touchdowns, all that stuff's fine. I don't really care about that. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the throws to the alums, it's just a waste of time. And I, I don't understand it. I think it's a gimmick. I think if that's what you need at the University of Florida to get people excited, you know what would have made me excited? Is you hit Van Jefferson for 50 yeah. yards down the sideline. That yeah. would have got me excited. Like a real football play. And I was excited coming into this game thinking, hey, it's going to be real football we can talk about. About halfway through the first quarter, it just became clear that it wasn't that that it didn't feel like Mullen and his staff were taking this seriously, and yeah, that's I mean, a problem. Yeah, I mean, and luckily, you know, with the the with technology, I was able to record the game, uh, and then I listened to it on the way back home from Gainesville. Uh, so I had the the, the the broadcast on my phone on the way back to Gainesville. You know, so I got the double dose of being live there and. Uh, coming back and you know they they pitched to Dan Mullen at one time and there's a coach we're just gonna let you take over and it was silent for a good three four minutes <laughs> and uh, you know Mullen wasn't really talking a lot and uh, you know and yeah during halftime he wasn't in the locker room with the players he was out there with, with the, the students and all that and then just and like you said that just let me know it was more of a, a day of fun and as you said you know it can be questioned if that was the right motive uh it, of, of, of for, I guess for the players, you know, as you said, it, it was a practice. It was one more chance to get better. Uh, and, you know, it, I guess, yes, it is good for these players to have fun. As you said, the celebrations and Chauncey Gardner uh, putting TC or uh, Felipe Franks on his back and giving him a piggyback ride after a touchdown and, and Franks dunking on the goalpost and uh, playing duck, duck goose and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, 
that the spring game can be can be made for kind of that kind of stuff. But it, as you said, you know, where where some big some big plays were missing. You know, Jordan Scarlett had a nice little chunk play yardage run, but you know, Franks on his first throw of the game, uh, tested downfield, went deep on the on the first throw, and you know, nothing really came of it. So you know, there there was just a lot of I think things that we heard throughout the spring that we wish we could have seen. We wish we could have seen Van Jefferson emerge and be a playmaker uh, all game or, or hit a, a big play to Trayvon Grimes using his size or maybe, you know, a fade in the red zone to, to him. Uh, you know, they did involve Kadarius Tony early, but we didn't see the, the jitterbug joystick plays. You know, and as we mentioned, they tried to get him involved in one uh, that the defense kind of snuffed out there. But, uh, you know, as you said, it is a spring game. It's only one thing, and we and we come into this uh, with an episode previous this week saying you know, let's not take too much from it. But that that is the topic of discussion tonight, and and, and kind of what we're going with. But it it just uh, it, it was just kind of once inside the stadium, just a ho hum experience, and let's just get out of this. Well, you know what's fun? Winning. <laughs> that that's what's fun. <laughs> And so, you know, when you when you lose an opportunity to get better, I think that I think that's an issue. Now, maybe maybe Mullen would take umbrage to that characterization, but I mean, I was bored. Like yeah. by the t- by the time the second half rolled around, I was playing with my kids because I was like, you know, what am I going to learn from this? Like there was no opportunity to learn about what we're going to see by watching that game, and you know it's going to be reflected in the attendance next year because <laughs> you, you got everybody excited. You got them in the building. They're all lubed up, ready to go to see some fireworks. And then there's just nothing. And, and so, I mean, I don't know, are you going to go to the one next year, Dave, based on your experience this year? If, if, if it's the same thing, I mean, and that's, that's an issue. If you've got people as passionate as I am saying, you know, I'm like, in some respects, I'm happy. My daughter had a concert tonight. So I didn't, I didn't spend the money to go. Cause I would have been upset. Yeah, so I mean, we'll uh, you know, look at the quarterbacks and and, and going through it again. Yeah, yeah, would you agree? Trask did look probably the best out of the three. Um, and what we saw, you know, he stood in the pocket a, a good bit of times, as you said, he had the most pressure uh, out of the quarterback so far. Uh, Franks was serviceable because I don't think any of them looked terrible by by any means. And I guess what I'm coming through with it now is how much progress can Emory Jones make? when Florida lines up against Charleston Southern. Is it a Kyle Trask, Felipe Frank show? One of those guys are the starting quarterback. Emory Jones gets his feet wet. And I'm uh, the the coming into this game and and talking through some people uh today, like Emory Jones really came on uh well I guess it was the Thursday practice. He looked really good in Thursday's practice. I think he looked pretty good in the spring game. Uh, from what we had kind of heard, he, you know, of course, he started slow as an early enrollee, had to get his feet under him, had to learn the playbook, uh, had these four weeks of practices, came on late, had a good showing in the spring game. Uh, I'm kind of, you know, leaning towards, you know, thinking maybe this could just be a, a, an opportunity where, where, where Franks and Trask are our starter. One of the one of the start is one of those guys are the starters game one. And then eventually, four, five, six games in, Emory Jones may be your starting quarterback halfway through the season. Yeah, I, th- I think Tr- I think Trask looked better than Franks. I think that's 
that's what I would say looking at it. He looked much more decisive. He was finding guys over the middle. Again, I didn't see much over the middle with Franks, and I'm not quite sure why that is, but um, you know, nothing to the tight ends. It was all outside, um, that sort of stuff. Same type of stuff we saw last year. I thought Jones looked really good, and I would I would characterize his his play as probably equivalent to Trask, if not maybe a little bit better. And if he hits that one play down the mm, seam, yeah. we're, we're saying he was way better, right? I mean, that one miss, if that goes for a touchdown, it, it, was, it was against a real defense. <laughs> <laughs> and it was against and it was against the coverage that wasn't broken. Now a couple of the touchdowns he threw were against broken defenses where where you know the the linebacker was playing zone and it was a man to man look deep and that's why that's why they were able to hit somebody across the middle. But again, you still have to hit that guy when he's open. And the one thing I will say about Franks is he had a wheel route to Van Jefferson. I think it was a wheel route that was open down the sideline that that was not well thrown. And so if you got a guy open and you have that opportunity, you have to make the good throw in that particular case. So I look at Jones and say, if he's equivalent or even slightly below equivalent throwing the ball, his ability to run is going to push him beyond either of those two guys. And, and I don't think if that's the way you feel, and again, I don't know, I haven't seen all the practices, but if that's the way you feel, I think Jones starts day one. Mm. I mean, you start him against Charleston Southern. You don't start him against LSU. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. If, if it's close, then absolutely. Well, I mean, what I saw today was a guy who who is who is maybe slightly worse if you want if you wanted to be generous in terms of characterizing that. And we know he can run better, and we know that half the offense wasn't even used today because they didn't run the quarterbacks. So I, you know, I, I look at it and say, based on what I've seen, um, yeah, I, I think it's perfectly reasonable to expect that he might get quite a bit of playing time next year. And I also think that if you've got a freshman quarterback starting, that does buy you some time in terms of in terms of the fan base's expectations, right? That that if it, the expectation is if that Trask or Franks is the starter, that there's going to be significant improvement from what we saw last year. And if that doesn't happen, well, obviously that comes down to the head man. And if uh, if you start Jones, well, it's okay. He's growing, growing pains. You know, by the end of the year, we expect him to be better than he is at the start. And by next year, we expect him to be elite. And that's sort of the way people are going to think in, in terms of that. So, yeah, what I saw today, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Jones starts. I, I didn't see anything where I said that guy's definitively the starter. That guy's taking the reins. Um, you know, but again, I, I'm not sure that they were really trying to show all that much. So how much we can take from this, I, I don't really know. Yeah, and early, Will, I think we can go and look at the offensive line as well. I think they tried to help them out. You know, a lot of the early throws were getting getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands. Uh, I, did, I do think the quarterbacks did a good job there uh, of getting the ball out of the hands, and a lot of that was play calling, uh, of hitting, you know, screens. And, uh, you know, hitting screens is important, too. If you hit those right and let the guys get upfield, that's an important part of, uh, of the offense. But I think they tried to help out the, the offensive line as much as they could, uh, knowing that the defensive line uh, has the advantage and had the advantage all spring. And, uh, you know, I, there was, like I said, later later on in, in the first half that we saw and Jordan Scarlett and his run, you know, I think we saw the offensive lineman help him out and, and create some holes for him. You know, as a whole, you know, and I went into this, what was I looking for? Uh, in, in this game, and one of them was the offensive line. I was I wasn't disappointed in, in what I saw from the offensive line today. No, I thought they were pretty decent. I didn't. Again, I didn't see anything where I was like, "Oh, they're blowing right. people off the yeah. ball." Yeah. But I saw some pretty nice runs. Um, I also didn't see anything. I mean, there were a couple of runs by Scarlett, but I didn't see anything where it was like massive explosion. Yeah. I was surprised they didn't give the ball to Pierce more. Um, mm-hmm. I think when I go back and look at the game again, I'll probably see that his runs were were pretty explosive because I remember one in particular where I was like, "Ooh, that's who's that guy?" Um, but yeah, there, was, uh, there was one run I remember in particular. Uh, being at the stadium, I was like, oh, there, there we go. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah. I mean, this is it. Again, it's it's just one it's one data point, and that's what we're going to take from it. But uh, you know, it worries me a little bit that they're protecting the offensive line during the spring game. Um, you know, this is when you're supposed to get better. We talked about that earlier in the week too. Is you know, these guys are going to have to battle elite guys in the SEC across from them over the course of the year, and so you're not going to be able to protect them when you're on the road at, you know, when you're on the road at Florida state, like you're just not going to be able to protect them. And so um, I, I hope that there is some concern, you know, I, I would expect to see that that would be something that you would come again. I expected them to come out chucking because at this mm-hmm. point, if the quarterback gets sacked, who cares? It doesn't count. Like, I don't know that you should be protecting somebody during a spring game, but Hey, I'm not the coach. There's a reason I'm not the coach. <laughs> and, <laughs> and certainly if there's progress in, in September, I'm not going to care about what happened in April. Right, uh, and we were just kind of quickly moving on to the other side of the ball. You know, the, the names that we'd heard um, late and early uh, throughout spring practice, the late, you know, Ventrell Miller's name come up uh, late, and you know, he had a pretty good um, uh, second half of the spring and, and spring game. Uh, he showed up today uh, with, a, you know, a handful of plays, um, hit Jordan Scarlett, um, you know, also got a, a big hit on Iverson Clement. Um and also Amari Burney, uh, his name was brought up early in the spring. Uh, God, you know, we've kind of singled out. We've had him on the podcast, and just the guy that we're really just kind of, you know, kind of just honing in on because we just don't know necessarily where he's going to fit uh, in, in this defense uh, right now. Seven tackles uh, on the game, and he was kind of, you know, I, I was looking at him as much as I could on the field, and he was around the ball a lot. Uh, so, you know, Amari Bernie, Ventro Miller is the name, like I mentioned, Antonius Clayton as well. Uh, you know, just uh, overall, just uh, you know, you, you, we saw it. We didn't see a lot of passes, so, you know, we couldn't really get a feel on uh, Henderson and, and uh, Wilson there. I think they did their job from, from what I could tell. Uh, but, you know, just the uh, uh, kind of ho-hum day for the defense, but kind of uh, kind of expected – because I, I think that's kind of why it was so home because it was kind of expected that's kind of what they would do. Uh, but it was just nice to see Miller's name. We've kind of heard him from the last couple of weeks still be in the conversation along with Antonius Clayton of guys that have kind of come on. Uh, but Amari Bernie kind of fell off. We heard his name and he had that pick in the first practice, uh, I believe. And now in, in the spring game when the lights are on, his name pops back up again. Yeah, well, it's good to see because we've talked a lot about how linebacker depth is an issue. Obviously, Bernie is more of a defensive back, but I think he can come up in sort of that Marcus May mold and, uh, or I'm sorry, Marcel Harris mold and come up and make some hits um, sort of at a hybrid linebacker type safety position. Um, Ventral Miller is really important because there were there were plays that you saw later on in the game where the linebacker filled the hole and missed the tackle. There were plays where you saw Scarlett was able to to really take advantage of the linebacker on some of the things that he was doing. So um, the defensive line, I think my first inclination or my first sort of impressions of the game is the defensive line showed pretty well. Um, the linebackers still were inconsistent and on the back end, they didn't get challenged an awful lot, but I, I don't really have any concerns about the defensive backs. I think the defensive backs played pretty well last year when they weren't worried about their coach getting fired. And, uh, and, and you know, so I, I don't think there's a whole lot to, to glean from this. I think the defensive backs are going to be good. The linebackers are going to be inconsistent and the defensive line is probably going to be upper tier, but not elite. And so I think a lot of what's good, a lot of what's going to come down to the defense in terms of how good they're going to be is going to be the linebacker play. And that does mean people like Bernie 
and Ventral Miller and Voshan Joseph and seeing those sorts of people take a step forward and improve in Grantham's defense. Now, obviously, we didn't see anything real exotic today. Mm -hmm. um, even on the sacks that Clayton was getting at the end of the half, it was all four-man rushes, which um, is great if you're getting pressure for a four-man rush. You just don't know whether it's an offensive line issue or a defensive line <laughs> excelling. And, and that's not something we'll know until the fall either. But it is good to see them getting pressure with their with – their, uh, with their, you know, four rushing, um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that progresses next year, and and certainly, I think um, we'll see a lot more exotic stuff from Grantham when the lights really come on. Well, that's kind of want to go back. I, I kind of really was aggravated with the the gimmick plays to the Lawrence Wright and Travis McGriff. <laughs> Look, man, it's one of those things where if 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 Miami had done it, what would we have done? Like, what would we say? Yeah, and, and and look, we saw South Carolina do it last week with Spurrier, right? And you know he couldn't catch a pass with his golf gloves on. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, it was just, as you said, it was a, a kind of a wasted plays and wasted game. I mean, yeah, I guess some fans got it, but I, I mean, literally, I saw it in the stadium. I was like, why? Like, well, I just I. So I'm actually okay with it if they take the ball back to where it was and don't there count the points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to count the points and count the yardage just seems stupid. Mm. Basically, you're you're announcing that you don't have confidence in your players to put up numbers that will shield them from criticism. That's what it felt like, right? Let's give this guy 60 free yards. Let's give this guy 45 free yards. Let's have a 60-yard run where he's getting pulled on his jersey from the back. And if you're not going to make the quarterbacks live, when you pull his flag, doesn't that mean he's down? <laughs> like, like, like the defensive back had him by the back of the jersey and they gave him the touchdown. It's like, you know, he would have gotten hit seven yards down the line, down the field if, if, if he was live. And so those sorts of things, it just it wasn't a real football game. And that's okay. Um, it doesn't have to be. But I do think this is one of those things where optics matter. And so when you, if Florida comes out of the gate slow, there will always be this thing in the back of all of our minds that they weren't taking the practices seriously when they had the chance to practice. But if they come out and they win, then everybody will be like, oh, he makes it fun. And so people like coming here and that's why the recruits come and, and that sort of stuff. And maybe that's true. And maybe that's what this was all about is making sure that people understand that it's not just going to be work all the time. That the spring game is a reward for the players and that the spring game is a time to relax, that the, that the spring camp is over. You've gone through your hard work and we're going to give you a little bit of time. And, and that's fair, right? It, it's fair that that would be what Mullen's attitude is toward this. And to be honest, I've never watched any of the Mississippi State spring games. And maybe he's done that, done yeah. this type of thing there too. And so, you know, I the the issue that I have is that I, all I have heard is relentless effort and compete ever since he started. And this didn't reflect that. And it's the first time I've really felt like the words didn't match the actions, but it's also the first time that it was really real. And so that that's where my concern comes in. Yeah, and, and, uh, and you know, going kind of towards the defense side too. You know, that I guess that's part of it too. Is you know, it's kind of hard to gauge what they were supposed to be doing in this game because of the the gimmick plays and all that good stuff. You know, and maybe we're just looking too far into it and, and taking it for the the seriousness that that it wasn't. Uh, maybe we were you know kind of looking for more. You know, I, I think we're kind of football star just because of uh, what has been happening. <laughs> you know, what has been happening uh, with the University of Florida the last couple of years and how ugly it is. And you know, kind of just wanted some gleam of hope. Uh, I don't necessarily. As far as energy goes and all that, that definitely was there, uh, and, and I will I'll give it that. But uh, yeah, I, I guess just from the ugliness that we've seen from the football side of things, 
maybe we just kind of wanted to take more away from the spring game and have something more to feel better about. I just don't think leaving the stadium and, and after, you know, turning the channel after the game's over with that we feel much better than what we did going in over overall, not just the quarterback position, uh, you know, what we talk about the most here because Florida has to find that position just still overall. There's still, you know, we didn't really get much out of the spring game uh, as a culmination to the to spring. So as we said, going into to the game and we mentioned on the podcast earlier this week, it was more about the 14 practices going into uh, going into the spring game and you know we weren't you know privy enough to, to see what was going on in those 14 practices you know this was just one thing we got to see publicly and we're going to probably glean too much from it but on you know in that same breath you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna analyze it just because that's kind of what we have to what we all pretty much all we have to, to analyze and there just wasn't a lot there to take away well i mean my expectations were were way up high and my expectations were way up high because of all of the talk that's been going on. I mean, all of the, you know, all of the tours that Mullen's been taking where he went to Jacksonville, where you went and saw him talk, went to Orlando, went to Tampa and really sort of the championship standard is, is what we keep hearing the Gator standard and the championship standard. And it didn't feel like that today. Now, you know, it didn't feel like that to me. It didn't match the expectations that I had and maybe my expectations were wrong. And, and maybe I need to take a look in the mirror and make sure that my expectations match with what reality should be. And I'm certainly not an 18 or 19 year old kid anymore. And so maybe I'm just old. And so, and so my perception of what, of what this is, is different than what those guys expectations are. But, you know, the, uh, at the end of the day, the expectations have been set by the coach. And so it didn't match the expectations that I had for it. And so I'm going to be a little bit critical of it and maybe a lot critical of it, depending upon what mood I'm in. But, you know, the, it was an opportunity to get better. I don't know if they did that today. And that worries me because I don't know that it's not as if there's seven five-star recruits who are already committed to the program. If you had those guys coming in and this is part of the reason why, then okay, that makes some sense. But uh, you know, we look at it and it's not as if it's, it's very early to be concerned about recruiting, but it's not as if there's a huge list of people who have already committed to the program and have bought in. Um, you know, I, I don't know that today helped people buy in and that's really sort of what we were looking for is progress at the quarterback position and a show for the recruits. And I don't know that we saw either today, and that and that worries me. Yeah, and a lot of it, you know, going around, we're recording this on Saturday night, and uh, a lot of people were expecting uh, some commits uh, for, from the Florida side as well, and kind of what you're saying. And look, FSU's got three uh, on this Saturday night, uh, and on this Saturday, while Florida, you know, fans are still looking for some commitments and still haven't got any uh, some some good word coming out uh, of the spring game, uh, and, and some you know Trey Sanders and and, and Derek Hunter and. Uh, uh, Pittman, the wide receiver there that, that, you know, a lot of people were kind of looking forward to, uh, but still no, nothing as far as the word of uh, getting a commit uh, for um, uh, Florida out of the spring game while FSU is just getting three uh, after their spring game. Well, and again, I think it's very early to be concerned about recruiting, but considering the recruiting issues that Florida's had the last three years, I think it's, or last four years, I think it's reasonable to be concerned about it, right? You, you would you would hope that some of the momentum that we saw in the sort of early signing period, it waned a little bit for the late signing period, and now things have been a little bit latent on the uh, on the trail thus far. Um, compared to the big, the big rivals, you know, it's, 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 
it's okay for Alabama to be down in the recruiting rankings right now because we know they're going to be top five by the time everything's said and done because they're always top five when everything's said and done under this regime. Um, you know, Florida, we don't know. We don't know what Mullen, where Mullen's going to end up eventually. Now, it may be that he ends up with a top five class, and at that point, hey, you know, he did it his way, and, and that's great. And, um, you know, I, I'm not ready to, to shovel dirt on anybody at this point. Like, But, again, all I can do is an, – is analyze the data as I see it. And what I saw today was was not up to the expectations that had been set, at least in my mind. Yeah, but, you know, uh, the, the vibe in Gainesville is still much better than, than uh, you know, than kind of what it felt like definitely toward the end of last season. Uh, fans are fans are excited. It does seem like you know the recruits are, are liking what's going on. Uh, you know, I would say the commits you know still do do start coming soon. And, and Florida's in the running for you know, look. They had a lot of big names uh, on campus during spring practice and uh, the spring game. And the visitor list uh, today was uh, was amazing. Uh, some of the guys that they had on campus. So, you know, maybe Florida can close the door on some of those four or five star guys. Uh, get those guys uh, in the running. I, I would say Florida still made an impression. Um, of, of what, you know, uh, to those recruits uh, that were going in there. Uh, you know, so we'll see what comes of it. Uh, I don't think, like you just said, nothing to worry about right now. It, it, it's still early. But when you see your rivals having success uh, this time of year right now, uh, you know, that's what, uh, that's what a lot of people are going to look at right now. Sure. I mean, I think you have to. You, you can't ignore what the picture looks like now. And you don't want to panic about what the picture looks like now. And I'm not advising anybody to panic and I'm not panicking, but you can't ignore it. So you look at it and you say, okay, where are we in terms of where we should be? And, you know, Florida is sort of what top 15 when it comes to recruiting right now, um, mainly three-star recruits who have, who have committed at this point. Some of them may be diamonds in the rough and that's fine, but that was something that was said a lot about McIlwain's recruits that he brought in. And, and, you know, by the time he left, people sort of realized what, <laughs> what that kind of, uh, you know, the top 15 recruiting gets you top 15 teams at best, not where Florida expects to be. And so again, it, it's a snapshot right now and we'll probably look foolish six months from now <laughs> when, when we see what the recruiting profile looks like. But I, I think there is reason to pay attention and really sort of, you know, I can understand why someone would be nervous looking at the recruiting profile right now and really just sort of anticipating that first big one. Now you get a five-star to commit and all of a sudden the whole picture looks better. And that probably means a lot of these four stars who were there as well today, um, you know, some of them are going to come as well. And, and Florida's Florida. They're going to get quite a few elite athletes regardless of who the coach is really. But um, you would, the hope is, is that, you know, we talked a lot about is Mullen more McIlwain or is he more Meyer, Muschamp and, uh, and Zook from a recruiting standpoint that looked, it's looked like, at least for his first year, that he's more like those those other three. So that's what he's going to have to prove that he's that he's more of those three than he is uh, than he is McElwain. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll kind of sign off here. But you know, as as I think about this, and I think um, you know, and as I said, well, this is probably what was going to happen just because we have so little. But you know, this is probably overanalyzing it just a little bit. But hey, it's all we got. <laughs> I, I would imagine so. I mean, again, I, I think you, 
you're so hyped going into it that, I mean, you know, they may have lit it up and I might have been disappointed. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I'd, be, I'd be complaining about the defense right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're not going to know anything until September, until right. everything really kicks off. And, and that's the reality. But it's fun to talk about it. It's fun to take a look at it. It's fun to, it's fun to try to predict what's going to happen. And it's fun to analyze all these data points and try to figure out what's going to happen and how can the team get better and really really the 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 takeaway for for us is that we just we love the university we want it to succeed we want the football program to succeed both because we love seeing good football but also because of what it means for the state what it means for the school what it means for everything there you know back in 2006 2007 2008 when both football and basketball were winning everything um you know, the enrollment goes way up. The dollars that go to the university go way up. A lot of the good that comes from things that aren't even athletic, athletically related goes way up because of the success of these programs. So, you know, the fact that we care about it is one of the reasons why we're hypercritical. And, you know, one of the reasons we're <laughs> hypercritical is because we care about it too much, probably a little bit. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, it, nobody needs to talk me down off a cliff. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't doom or gloom or anything like that. I think there were good things in the game. I think there were um, things that you can see that the, the players could certainly improve. There were some weird things in the game. And I think that was the thing is I just didn't expect any of those weird things that went on during the game, but Hey, you know what? It's, it's Mullen's first season. And, uh, and up until this point, he's really been solid in terms of what he's done and what he said. And so I think we need to trust him and give him, give him the time to, to do things his way. And his way isn't going to be the way all of us think it needs to be. And it won't be the way Urban Meyer did it. And hopefully it won't be the way McElwain did it. And we'll all, uh, we'll all say the Mullen way is the best way, you know, six, six to nine months from now. Yeah. Overall, still completely happy with, you know, everything that's going on. So, you know, with, with what happened, you know, Hey, look, I mean, Dan Mullen did it his way. And, you know, uh, as I would have liked to seen more from the game itself today, he, you know, deemed it necessary to, to, to go have fun and, and not take it too serious. And, and kudos to him for that. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look for when Florida lines up against Charleston Southern and, you know, this fall practices before that and when we get to see some things. And, uh, you know, that'll be the, the first time we get to see uh, that, that team in a, in a game time situation. Uh, it'd be, you know, well, the next time we get to see him on TV and, and the next time fans get to see him up close uh, in mass when you when you go to fill the stadium. So, you know, I don't think we're, we're going to take too much of, uh, you know, we're going to analyze what we saw because that's just kind of what we do. Uh, but, you know, there, it, you know, don't, I, I still don't even say, I'll still say don't even take what we say too serious just because it's just, it's, it's just our opinions and, and what we think of, of what's going on right now. And you know, as we said, you know, spring ball is, is a time for uh, learning. I think that's what they did. I think they did a lot of learning these last four weeks and, and these 14 practices. And, uh, you know, you can um, hopefully, you know, we can analyze from, from what we could see with the very little that we saw. Well, I don't know anything anyway, so <laughs> I'm constantly wrong. Just go back and look at my archives. So, uh, you know, it, it's, <laughs> it's it, hey, it's 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 a day that's really for the fans. I mean, the spring game is is for the fans, and, and so it sounds like the fans had a great time. And if and if that's what happened, then fantastic. And uh, you know. I, I really do hope that uh, that all the players had a good time, that this had an impact on the recruits, and hopefully they start coming. Yep, you know, look, we'll get players back too. Malik Davis will be back at running back, hopefully. Uh, you'll have Brett Hagee back along the offensive line. Uh, hopefully CC Jefferson can come back pretty healthy. You know, it's just uh, when, when fall camp comes around, like Dan Mullen uh, says, he wants to be able to see the team 
basically start from the last practice of spring and pick up right where they left off uh, when fall camp rolls around. Uh, you know, not re not relearning, not recoaching. Uh, players will know what to expect after the end. You know, like, like I said, that's what these spring practices are for. The coaches are learning the players, and the players are learning the coaches. So when that first fall practice rolls around, these guys know what's going on, and you can hit the ground running. Yeah. Well, and the reality is, and Mullen said it afterwards during his press conference that um, you know the time these guys put in during in between the spring and the fall camp is really where they're going to separate themselves, that they aren't going to separate themselves during the spring, that they aren't going to separate themselves during the fall, that they're going to separate themselves with what they do, with what they've learned in between these two camps. And so um, hopefully one of them really, really takes a step forward. And by the time fall camp rolls around, we're all talking about how great somebody looks. And it's not just the normal spring lies that we've heard for the last three (laughs) years, but it's actually, uh, but it really is true. And, you know, I think one of these guys has the talent to take a step forward. We're just going to see it. Yep, that's what, and that's what we're saying. I think you know, offensive game plan just in general, maybe you know, worth uh, a couple more wins. Uh, just, to, just to, you know, just for an average kid, it's not the four and seven that we saw this past year. You know, just given uh, offense, what you what you expect. You know, you I think you expect. You know, if, if you're if you're borderline thinking this team is a you know, eight, nine win team. You know, I think the, the coaching and the offensive game plan there uh, is enough for that. As long as it comes around, if the quarterback play can, can come around, I, I think I believe in the coaches to put them in the right situation. Can the, can the quarterbacks themselves and the offensive line take that next step to where we, we think this is a, you know, nine, eight win team. Yeah, and we're certainly going to be with everybody for the next four or five months guiding you through those numbers and what they can expect and, you know, what we can see from past history and what it means. And I'm sure there are probably some grad transfers who will come in, maybe not at quarterback, but some grad transfers who will come in from, uh, you know, for other positions of need and, and different things like that. So there are going to be some changes before the, and all of the freshmen who come in who yep. are who were not early enrollees. So there's going to be some changes. There's going to be considerable changes, I'm sure, before the fall starts. And, and all that competition Mullen's talking about is going to start up again in the fall and, and we'll get to see it yeah that's one thing we will get to see we'll get to see all those uh incoming freshmen that were not a part of uh the spring practice are coming in so yeah and we still don't know you know of course the the eligibility of trayvon grimes and, and van jefferson you know we can see this team look a whole lot different uh come fall so uh like you said we'll be here for it uh will coming up this week uh i'm actually as soon as we log off of this podcast Heading to Disney for a few days. So, uh, you know, no podcast uh, this week. That's one, another reason why we did this on Saturday night. Uh, kind of a quick recap of the spring game right after the spring game. Uh, so no episode later this week. Uh, this will kind of be the uh, our, our recap of the spring until we uh, hit you guys the week after. Yeah, man. Well, we, we want to see all of the Disney pictures on Twitter. You need to post all of those, and uh, we let 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 people take a uh, take a few jabs at you there, buddy. Uh, that, that'll probably happen. I had some jabs taken at me today too, so that's all good. I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah, jabs today. What what did, what did people have to say about ah, you? Today? No, 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 just joking in barbs and stuff. Nothing. Uh, no, I mean nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's disappointing. I wish they'd been harder on you. Yeah, no, it was a good time. Good time had by all. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, well, enjoy your vacation, man. We know you work hard, and certainly this is yeah. your second job. So in, enjoy the time off and decompressing and, and not having to do this for a week. Uh, maybe I can sleep on the way to Orlando tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but the wife's like, no, you got to stay awake and help me out, too. So okay. Yeah, that's probably okay. a good idea. Hey, it will be. I'll go. Uh, Starbucks will be hit, hit on the way down there. <laughs> Just meth. Math, man. There, there's plenty of it down in that area. So, <laughs> uh, Anything coming up uh, at weirdreaction.com this week, Will? 
Yeah, man. I'm, I'll probably have a recap of the spring game. I don't know how in depth I'll go based on uh, some of the film, and then uh, and then I got a couple of things going up that are probably non Florida related, but certainly I hope everybody will be interested and will read um, some stuff on uh, maybe Colin Kaepernick. And then I've been teasing the concussion stuff for a while, and I'm gonna finally get to that. So things have lightened up a little bit at work. So hopefully I'll have some time to do that. There we go. There we go. So remember, you can find Gators Breakdown on newsforjackscom Gators Breakdown. Uh, podcast will be up on there. Um, you know, later on tonight, I'll, I'll get that going up there. You can also listen iTunes, Google Play, YouTube. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at Gators Breakdown. You can find Will on Twitter at Will Miles SEC. As I mentioned, his articles at readandreaction.com. Host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown. Good night, Canada. <laughs>